Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Lorna Gladstone. Welcome to another edition of Books on Air. I'm delighted to have as our guest today, Shirley Ann Tom. Her last name is spelled T-H-O-M. And in uh, her work life, she is known as Shirley. We're going to be talking today about her latest book called She's My Brother and I Miss Him. Yes, you heard me correctly. She's My Brother and I Miss Him. You grew up, Shirley, with a brother only with one year's difference. Uh, You were very close to him. You loved each other. When did you realize that there was something going on that was different or that gave you some surprise or that you asked your parents or anything? It wasn't, um, I didn't suspect anything. My brother and I were kind of just a pair and the parents were there, but he and I were the ones that communicated the most. And um, when he was about 12 years old, my mom and I were out shopping. We came home and all the drapes were pulled. And she's, we went into the living room. She said, wait here. And she went upstairs and came back down. And she said, have you ever seen your brother in your clothes? And I said, no. And she says, well, sometimes he puts them on. And I said, oh, okay, things like that don't bother me. And she said, I would like for him to stop. And um, I'm going to take him to the doctor to see if the doctor can make him stop. And I said, okay. Okay, and, so that's, that's around yeah. 12 years old, 11, 12 for both of you. Yeah. What then happened? Did you have a conversation with Gene? No. You found it just was no big deal from your point of view. Ex- exactly. Kids. I'm yeah. kind of goofy, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And and life went on. And it wasn't until he was 51 and I was 50 and he had um, congenital heart failure in my home. And he went to the hospital and stayed there for a week. He came home to recuperate at my house. And so he was there and I was working I came home a Friday night, went in to start fixing dinner, and I felt a presence. And I said, hmm, there's someone here that I don't know. And I turned around, and there was my brother in a dress. Ah. A a flowered dress with pearls, fishnet stockings. And I looked at him, and he says, we got to talk. And I said, damn right. (laughs) Okay, stop right there, because this is this is incredible. So you're saying that from childhood up to about 12 years old, you didn't know anything about it. It didn't bother you. And it was never spoken of until he was 51. Yeah. (laughs) And your parents never spoke about it. No. Oh, no. That was verboten. And what did he do? Was there, do you know whether 
uh, he did see a doctor or whether there were any difficulties at school or was this just were they were the par- your parents able to keep everything quiet yeah. his entire his entire yeah. life they told him not to speak of it and uh, so it was when he was 51 and and he said we need to talk and we went and sat down in my living room and we had our first real talk and and tell us what he said tell us he, said, he said they say something like this is a choice but i was 4 years old when i first put on your clothes that's not a choice that's part of who i am and we talked and talked and Finally, I said, I'm tired. I need to go to bed and absorb this. I got up the next morning and I said, well, if you're going to wear dresses, we're going shopping. No, stop right there. <laughs> I have some questions before you tell us the next step. It's extraordinary. Just what you told us so far. I think it's time to make it clear to the audience what the differentiation is between a cross dresser and someone who's gay or homosexual, whatever the the term you're most comfortable with, and even transgender, because a lot of people get all these terms confused and aren't clear whether they overlap or they don't overlap. So could you back up a little bit in your from your yeah. own story and tell us from a more scientific point of view what you know? Human sexuality has many variations, as we all know. And uh, cross-dressing males are, what are they called? They are not gay. They're not transgender. He had no wish whatsoever to be anything but a male who likes females. And it is so confusing because cross-dressing sounds so like such a big deal. And that was a part of my discovery process is if it's not a big deal, then why are we so afraid of it? And it's simply he wanted to feel he would watch Marilyn Monroe was his idol because we grew up in the 50s and 60s. And he wanted to feel like he thought she felt walking in a dress. Take us back now a little bit to the to the continuation of the story about going shopping together and what oh. that was like. And did he oh. and did he try clothes on in the store? Tell no. us everything. Yeah, he wanted to wear regular clothes, his cords and a shirt to go shopping because going out in public was pretty scary to him at that time. So we went shopping and pretended we were shopping for our mother. <laughs> and and, and when, when about what year was this? This was oh about 2006. I'm not certain of that. I'd have to check it out. But we would go. I, I would hold up a dress and say, "Do you think Mom would like this?" And I don't know that we were fooling anyone. But we went and we finally found a dress that we both could accept because his proclivity for floral flashy stuff is not my style so we found a really a nice dress and I bought it for him and uh then um when we were finished shopping for stuff we got in the car and he said I've dreamed of this day 
my whole life. And I'm thinking, how silly is that? What's wrong with going shopping uh, for whatever you want to buy? And he had tears in his eyes. And this guy was a manly man. I mean, he was a bluegrass musician. He, he was the voice of the Bellingham Mariners on the radio station, manly man. It's just that, and I don't know whether it's a fetish. I don't know how to define it. Um, but to me, it's no big deal. And at first, the fact that it was a no big deal, he went, wow, what a relief. But then he wanted it to be a big deal. How did he define or want, what kind of big deal did he want? Well, he wanted to be dazed and amazed. And he wanted me, he kept saying, talk to me like you would talk to other girls. And I said, for one thing, I'm not a girl, I'm a woman. <laughs> and he kind of got stuck, you know, in the past and his dreams. And I said, I talk to you just like I talk to my girlfriends. And he thought that women had did girly talk. And I guess some do, but um, I, I don't know. Maybe I've, I've been in the business world all my life, it seems like. And I talk to everyone the same, guys and gals. I love sports. So, you know, I, I, I get to have lots of choices. Surely, did he ever marry? And if not, did he no. date women? Did he? Yes. Have, yes, oh, he did. He loved women. And um, he would have been a great husband and father. Seeing him with my kids and now their kids. I mean, I just ache that he didn't have children of his own. But his, he kept saying throughout our conversations, I didn't want to be a burden. And that is so sad, a burden. He's no burden to anyone. And uh, he did have one long-term relationship. He, um, he uh, wanted to go to the Air Force Academy, but he uh, had bad eyesight, so he couldn't. So he joined the Air Force. And he was one of five men in the Air Force that they chose to go to Yale university and learn uh, Chinese so he could sit in airplanes and fly off the coast of China. So he was a spy. Oh, they, <laughs> I mean, they sent him, there's that. Thing give me, in give the, me um, the years, give me the approximate years that he was a spy. He was in, in the early sixties, 1960, 63, particularly. They I even sent him to, to yeah. there, there is this, um, survival course in Nevada that they the armed forces sent people. He went through that, and he was. I mean, they and they wanted him to re up because he was so good at interpreting what he heard sitting in the back of an airplane flying off the coast of China. But he didn't at that time agree with the United States foreign policy stuff, so he said no. And so his life, his life was, was his life primarily work uh, yeah. or, yeah. yeah. Well, well, it was mostly, he worked, he went, my mom worked at Sears back in those days. So she got him a job at a Sears store and he worked in men's furnishings. And he said, 
in in the department, they have a chart that says, if you're a woman and you wear a size 10 jeans, this is what you're male. So I said, well, are women cross-dressers? And he says, they're not defined that way. It's okay for women to wear men's clothes. You know, women wear men's shirts and stuff. It is not okay for men to wear women's clothes. And so, I Shirley, said, did you learn, um, did you read about uh, cross-dressing um, or meet anyone who was an expert or even, did he have any friends who were cross-dressers? No, no. I mean, because it was pretty, but you know what he would do? He would take, he would go out walking at night in dresses. And I said, you're scaring me. What do you mean you're walking at night? And he says, well, that's, if I walked in a dress during the day then people would know. And I was told to keep it a secret. And it was so, told by your parents. Yes. That was really all, they, that, they influenced him in that sense his entire yes. life. Yes. I mean, and I think when I think about it, I get so frustrated and sad because there is no reason to keep something that doesn't hurt you or me or anyone a secret. You know, there are enough bad things that, real bad things that happen. That's not a bad thing. What's wrong with that? I mean, <laughs> I, I sort of ended my book, well, if he wears the dress and I wear the jeans, <laughs> that's okay with me. How about you? <laughs> a great ending, a great ending. Yeah. When the two of you sat down and it was shortly before he died, correct? He lived 14 years. He lived 14 years with the after uh, after that right, with after that. being able to come and visit me and we brought in the rest of our family and it was okay with them Good. and I have one cousin especially that's really took him around to different places and we're, we're blessed to have a family we were raised with this exception to enjoy the differences in people mm. But that apparently had its limitations, which I didn't know. But at this point, um, yeah. from around the age of 51, uh, he was open with the family and yes. they were supportive. And yes. that must have been a very different and welcome life. Those oh, last yeah. 14 years. And by that time, both of our parents had passed. So they weren't there to uh, stop it. And they were wonderful people. They just didn't know how to deal with it. So surely did he experience, was he seen uh, and ex at any time and experience any direct uh, ridicule or violence or he, he was always so private about it that he yeah. was protected from we found a, who, yeah who wouldn't understand. Yeah, we found a few places in and around Seattle where we could go with him dressed up. They were already always startled when his male voice came through. <laughs> but you could go to a diner and have yes. uh, uh, yeah. pancakes and uh, yeah. and play. Uh, yeah, so they were they, they were a little startled, but most startled, but most I think most waitresses have seen and heard everything oh, on yeah. the face of the earth. Yeah, and they have and no they to blink. Yeah. yeah, and they say, see, this was the early. Uh, 2006 to and um, they say things have changed 
but statistics say there are at least 5 million American males who are cross-dressers. When's the last time you saw one walking down the street? Never. I don't think it's that accepted. Yeah, there are, uh, at least I don't know now, but I remember that in the 70s, it was popular for people to go to clubs yeah. Where, yes. uh, yeah, where the cross-dressers performed. Um, yes. And I, I, I think everybody just had fun and nobody thought much of, about it other than it was fun. Uh, but yeah, still, I, I think you're probably right that a lot of people would still look yeah. with surprise and perhaps lack of acceptance. Uh, See, the the thing is, you know, if gay and lesbian, they don't look different. And people are so uptight about people looking different. If you meet a cross-dresser in a restaurant or on the street, you react because they're different. And that's kind of a shame, too. It is a shame. But yeah. it was very, very lucky to have you as a sister. Ah. Well, it's and what better uh, tribute Oh. to him than the book you've written about him oh he wanted his story told and i finally have, got it done <laughs> and you have you have done exactly that and it's really quite wonderful so we've been hearing from uh, shirley and tom uh the book again is she's my brother and i miss him uh easily found on amazon as is her other work Life is a sales job, one of my favorite, right now, one of my favorite all-time titles. And Life is a Sales Job is also available on Amazon. Give us your last piece of advice to all of us who may not have ever experienced interaction with someone who's just different. What would you say to them? I say, a Part of my title is, she's my brother and I miss him. I wanted to accept her and I did accept her, but I missed him because he had to, when he was with me, he transferred and he wasn't the brother I knew. He wanted to do girl talk. So, but in a way he just couldn't be whole. Right. Right. And maybe that's a good point. if If he, uh, we're born today, maybe that would have permitted him to be whole, to be both. Yeah, I, we could have. Regardless of what he was wearing. Yeah, we could have started together. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this interview for Books on Air. It was a real pleasure. Uh, and um, I'm now going to have to investigate life as a sales job. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> and the subtitle to that is you can't score a TD if you don't swing the bat. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> okay, Shirley, I have a feeling we may be talking to you again sometime. Okay. Uh, so uh, again, thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure. Likewise. Yeah, and I can't even say anything more because I'm really touched um, oh. by, by the interview. So. Oh, thank you. We'll just leave it with a thank you. Okay, thank okay. you too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.